Is walking in the Spirit as hard as we sometimes make it to be? Can you really walk the Christian life in the power of the Holy Spirit and live victoriously? Today on Walking in the Way, we're going to take a look and answer the question, how do I walk in the Spirit? Hi friends, I'm Pastor Josh, and I'm glad that you chose to join me again today as we take a look into the Word of God and answer another question, how do I walk in the Spirit? Every time that we look into the Word of God, we should learn some more so that we become more like Christ. We're in the middle of a series and a study of how do I. The first week we talked about how do I live like a Christian. Last week we looked at how do I want to come to church. And now this week I want us to take a look at how do I walk after the Spirit. This is something that many believers know they need to do, but, but how do we do it? What is the reality that really does make a difference in life? Even if it's when we're all alone. Even if it requires time when no one else is around us. How can you walk in the Spirit? The story's told about a little boy who was flying a kite. It was a windy day and he just loved flying that kite. The kite got going higher and higher. In fact, it got so high it was out of sight. There was an older man who walked by. And he asked that little boy who was holding on to the string, he said, how do you even know you have a kite up there? And the boy replied, because I can feel it. Friends, sometimes we wonder, is God really at work in our lives? Now, we don't live by feelings, and yet we are reminded that we should have some evidence that the Holy Spirit is working, even though we don't see him personally, even though we don't see him with our physical eyes. So, friend, how are you going to walk after the Spirit this week? If you take your Bible this afternoon and look at Romans chapter 8. Romans 8, really, we can look at the entire passage, 1 through 17. We won't read through all of it, but we'll highlight some truths in this section of how you can walk after the Spirit. How do you walk in the Spirit? Well, the first thing, if you're going to walk in the Spirit, you must be spiritually changed. You stop and you think about life. This life is not what we know it to be, and that's it. We're stuck in the time-space continuum. We're stuck where all we can know about is time and, and seeing the space around us, seeing the physical things around us, and yet, friend, there's more to this life. And so you must be spiritually changed, not just physically changed. If you're going to walk in the Spirit, yes, it manifests or it shows itself on the outside, just like that kite showed itself through the string, but it starts on the inside. So if you're going to walk in the Spirit, you must be spiritually changed. Well, how do you do that? According to Romans chapter 8, we're reminded that first, if you're going to be spiritually changed, you must know the truth about Christ. In verse 1, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Well, how can you be in Christ Jesus if you don't know who Christ is? So many people in our world have a faulty view of Jesus Christ. And yet, Jesus has revealed himself through the word. Jesus, as he was walking on the earth, ministering, he challenged those who were not always following him to learn from him, but following him to criticize him and be critical of him. He told them, you should have studied the scriptures, for if you had, you would have known that I am the Messiah. Why? Because the Word of God, both the Old Testament and the New Testament, teaches us truth that Jesus is that promised Messiah. If you're going to be spiritually changed, friends, you must know truth about Jesus. This is not just some mystical thing. You know the truth about Jesus through the Word of God. Jesus said, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. 
In John 17, when Jesus was praying, he said, sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. So how are you going to learn the truth about Jesus? Well, you look at it in the word of God. Some truths that we need to know from the word of God is that Jesus did come down to earth. He is God himself. He left heaven, came to earth, took upon humanity. Being 100% God, he was also 100% man. And he came to live a sinless life so he could die on the cross. When he died, he was buried because he really was dead. And yet he rose from the dead in his own power three days later. 1 Corinthians 15, really the first few verses talk about that. 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel. Well, what is the gospel? He said, I delivered it in verse 3. I delivered that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Then the passage goes on and talks about eyewitnesses, some who have seen Jesus. So friend, if you're going to walk in the Spirit, first you must know the truth about Jesus, and then you must acknowledge the truth about him. It's not just enough to know it, but then you have to acknowledge it, and and that really you need it. So back to Romans chapter 8, verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Well, according to Romans, earlier on in the book, it says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Paul reminded the church at Rome that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. If you're going to walk after the Spirit, you must know the truth about Jesus and then acknowledge it. Acknowledge it that it's for you personally. In Romans chapter 10, verse 9, it says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Friend, you must acknowledge the truth about Jesus, that it's for you. If you're going to walk in the Spirit, you first must be spiritually changed, which requires you knowing the truth, and then acknowledging the truth. Which, of course, it's not just an acknowledgement or an assent to the truth, but it's in faith. The Bible reminds us again and again, in fact, specifically in four different places, it mentions the just shall live by faith. We're justified by faith. Ephesians says, for by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So friend, it requires faith. If you're going to be spiritually changed, you must put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Perhaps right now you're sitting, maybe you're in the car, maybe you're sitting at home. When you sat down in your seat, did you stop and think about it, or did you just have faith that it would actually hold you up? Well, friend, this is the kind of faith, only it's in such a greater way, that you must put in Jesus Christ. Hebrews 11, verses 1 through 6, reminds us that without faith, it is impossible to please God. And then really throughout the rest of Hebrews chapter 11, it talks about those who lived by faith, trusting God when life was tough. Friend, if you're going to walk in the Spirit and be spiritually changed, you must put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. If you don't know Jesus is your Savior, friend, he died for you. All you need to do is acknowledge your sin before him. Believe that Christ died for you and confess him with your mouth, as we read in Romans 10, 9. Do you believe Christ died for you? Maybe you're listening and you know Jesus Christ is Savior. 
And so that's where that spiritual change happens. But then there's an ongoing change, a process of sanctification. If you're going to walk in the Spirit, you first must be spiritually changed at salvation, but then you must be spiritually minded, which brings us to the point of sanctification. Sanctification is the process of being sanctified or becoming more like Christ, being set apart from the world unto God. I must be spiritually minded. Look at what verse 5 says in Romans 8. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. The word mind here is a verb, and it means to exercise the mind and really put your interest in. Where's your interest? If you're going to be spiritually minded, if you're going to walk in the Spirit, you must put your mind and focus on living for God, thinking about Him. Well, how is this going to happen? It takes daily meditation, Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. In Deuteronomy chapter 5, when God is telling the parents how to raise their children, one of the important truths was that they were to talk about the word of God while they were in their house and while they got up and while they laid down and while they went about their business, while they walked about the places they were going. You must put your mind on the word of God. The psalm says, I need to fix my heart on God. Seek him. Friend, you must be spiritually minded. Being spiritually minded is life and peace. Paul tells the church at Rome this here in this passage in Romans chapter 8. It is life and peace. It's the opposite of carnally minded. In verse 6, it says, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Well, what does carnally minded mean? Carnal means flesh or of the body, the human nature. Well, by definition, to walk in the spirit then is not to walk in the flesh. It's not to walk in the human nature. Now, yes, you live life on this earth. But there's something so much greater than what's actually the only things we can see. I must be spiritually minded. Being spiritually minded does bring life and peace. It is the opposite of just walking in the flesh. Romans chapter 7, back a chapter, verse number 14, reminds us of another truth here as we think about this. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal. I'm fleshly, sold under sin. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. He's saying there's an internal battle. If you're going to be spiritually minded, there is that internal battle. It does bring life and peace, but it's a battle. It takes discipline. It's kind of like the old story of of two dogs. If they're getting ready to, to be stronger, the one who is fed is stronger than the one who is starved. Well, then if you starve the one that was strong one week and you feed the other one, then they change roles. Friend, are you feeding your flesh or are you feeding the spiritual side? Well, how do you feed the spiritual side? How are you to become spiritually minded? It takes spending time in the Word of God. Maybe listening to the Word of God, too. We have so much technology that allows us to do so many different things. Have you stopped to even listen to the Word of God? Take time to meditate on the Word of God. Think about Apply it to your own life. Listen to good preaching in your local church and maybe other good preachers that you can listen to on the internet. You need the word of God if you're going to be spiritually minded. And it does bring life and peace. When Paul was writing to the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians 3, 
He said, I, brethren, could not speak unto you as spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. Why? Because they had not grown. He says, I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto ye were not able to bear it. Friend, how long have you known Jesus Christ as Savior? Are you more spiritually minded today than you were last year? Or then shortly after you got saved? Or did you just kind of hit a plateau and you stayed there? How do I walk in the Spirit? You must first be spiritually changed. And then you must be spiritually minded, that sanctification process. Because being spiritually minded pleases God. Look at verse 8. Back in Romans chapter 8, verse number 8. Being spiritually minded does please God. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. So friend, if you know Jesus Christ as Savior, you have the Holy Spirit. At salvation, the Holy Spirit came to live within. And that's when you became in the Spirit. But now you must choose to walk in the Spirit. It means being spiritually minded. This pleases God. Remember Hebrews 11? We talked about verses 1 through 6. Verse 6 says, without faith, it is impossible to please him. So walk in faith, spending time in the word of God, asking God to continue to mold your thinking. Psalms 19 verse 14 says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Friends, being spiritually minded, it's the Holy Spirit taking residence in you at salvation, but then you yielding to him throughout your life. That's the process of practical sanctification, being changed to be more like Christ. Wow. So being spiritually minded, it pleases God, but it does require yieldedness. Remember we said that if we're going to be spiritually changed, it requires faith. And again, we must live by faith. But if you're going to have that sanctification and be spiritually minded, you need to yield to God. Romans chapter 12, maybe a couple verses that you're quite familiar with. But Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It means you must yield to God. Kind of like when you're driving and you get a yield sign. You don't have to stop necessarily, but you have to see if there's any traffic coming that you need to stop for. And if you have to stop, then you have to. But otherwise, you can... Look, be very cautious, and go slow. Maybe you're one of the people who likes to drive through a parking lot. <laughs> maybe you you enjoy driving and just cutting across all the parking spaces, or maybe you're pretty specific about driving only in the lanes. When I'm in a parking lot driving, I, I'm constantly looking all around me, yielding to what's going on around me because I don't want to hit something or someone. Friend, if you're going to yield to God, yield to him Instead of yielding to your human nature. Remember being carnal, living after the flesh of the human nature. So if you're going to walk in the Spirit, you must first be spiritually changed at salvation. You must then be spiritually minded, which is a process of sanctification. But also in this passage, we see that you must be spiritually led. Romans chapter 8, verse number 14 For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Being led by God. Is he guiding you through life? You say, well, he's spirit and I can't see him. Jesus does acknowledge that in John 4 with the woman at the well. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Why? Because God is spirit. 
but he will guide you through life. The Spirit of God will give you life and salvation. We know life made new. Adam and Eve were told if they were to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they would surely die. But if they then put their faith in God, and it wasn't completely revealed in all the ways we understand now, but the promise in Genesis chapter 3 of a coming seed of the woman who would take over and really destroy Satan. Here we're reminded that God does give you life at salvation, verse number 11, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. It means you can be made alive spiritually, but then also experience eternal life, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So we see the reality that you must be led by the Spirit, which, of course, the Spirit of God starts by giving you life. The Spirit of God will change the way you live, verse number 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Mortify, put to death. God wants to change the way you live. He will lead you into righteousness. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. One of the things that God does with the word of God is to lead you in the ways of righteousness. So he will lead you and change the way you live. Maybe it's the words you say. Maybe it's the way you're treating a spouse or children. What ways do you need to let God change your living? And then God will also prove your destination. Really, we can see this in verses 14 through 17. That you are a child of God through adoption, and thus, because of salvation, you will be with God forever in heaven. The Holy Spirit does testify of that adopted state. Ephesians 1, verse 11 through 14, reminds us of the Holy Spirit being the seal or the earnest of our inheritance, like the down payment. So the Spirit of God, he wants to lead you giving you life, teaching you how to live, and then, again, leading you all the way till you get to heaven, where we get to abide with God for all eternity. Romans 8, a little later in this passage, reminds us that the sufferings of this life are worth. They can't even be compared to the joys of that which is to come. So if you're going to be spiritually led, you need to follow. If you're going to be spiritually changed, it requires faith. If you're going to be spiritually minded, it requires yieldedness. And if you're going to be spiritually led, it requires following. Verse 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. God is calling you and leading you. Jesus said in John 10 that his sheep hear his voice and know his voice. Are you following God? Are you following the one who lives within and guides according to the word of God? Not just according to the whims of your emotion but according to the word of God. Jesus is the living word. The Bible is the written word. So open up the word of God and be led by God. So are you living in the spirit? Are you following the spirit? We talked about how do I go to church last week. We've talked about just the realities of how do I live like a Christian? But friend, one important aspect of living like a Christian, one important aspect of the goal of church is to teach you what it means to walk in the Spirit. So are you? 
Like the boy who had the kite and sensed that the kite was still up there because he could feel the string and the tug on the string. Does your life exhibit that the Holy Spirit is at work? Leading, molding, guiding, changing you? The first step of this is that you need to be saved. Friend, Christ died for your sins. But then if you're saved, you just need to continue to be sanctified, spending time in the Word of God, being spiritually minded so that you can be spiritually led. Father, we're thankful for your love, thankful for this opportunity we've had to look into your Word. Would you mold us by your Word to be like you? Would you help us to live according to the Spirit and walk in the Spirit and not fulfill the lusts of the flesh? And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Oh, friend, I'm so glad you took some time to study the Word of God with me today. Yet I want to encourage you as you go from here, continue to keep your mind on the Word so that you can walk in the way of the Master and you will live for Him. And whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you'll do, you'll be doing all to the glory of God. I look forward to getting together again next week so that we can study the Word of God.